Have you ever dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? We interview some of the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. My name is Sarah, and my father is John, a professional Foley artist in the movie business for over 40 years. He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and 9-time MPSC winner for movies such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight. We've made it our mission to inspire you to achieve your dreams. Welcome to the Right Scuff Podcast. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to give you a quick update before we start the show. We did have a technical malfunction when we went down to LA. We pre-recorded some episodes and we are aware of the issue. We are working to remedy it. So you may hear this episode some popping and crackling noises. I apologize for that and I just wanted to forewarn you all. Again, we are aware of the situation. We are working to fix it. Thanks so much for bearing with us and we really appreciate you listening. I hope you guys enjoy this next episode. It's really inspiring and Scott was a lot of fun to talk to. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of The Right Scuff. My name is Sarah, and today we have the wonderful Scott Curtis here with us today. Hi, Scott. Good morning. Good Hello. morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm very excited to be doing this with you, and so let's just jump into it. And I was wondering if you could take me back to when you were younger. What did you want to be when you grew up? What did you see yourself doing? Wow. Um, well, actually, I didn't... It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I do remember growing up think, just wondering what I was going to do when I, when I got older. I, had a, I, was in, I was in band and music. I did some music t- has taken part of a large part of my... Growing my growing up years, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I've been in gr- band for grade school, junior high, and high school. Right. Um, and in my during my junior high, actually more more my high school years, uh, I was lucky enough to be in a music department where they we would take they would take the jazz band and or the symphonic band and we would go and do competitions. Wow. Uh, oh so we would travel and we would compete mm-hmm. against other. Mm-hmm. Local regional bands. What instrument did you play? Uh, saxophone. Oh, saxophone! Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and so, so I don't know. I just, I just really had a strong interest in music. I'd listen mm-hmm. to music too, but um, it was just so much fun to 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 play. Right. Um, so, and so anyway, I think that kind of was the reason why mm-hmm. kind of steering in the direction so of Was your family recording. musical and artistic in that sense? My dad pl- played sax as well. Okay. Uh, in fact, he's still playing. Wow. Um, he's in three jazz bands. Wow, oh my gosh. Actually, two jazz bands and an octet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he plays, he plays at least two to three times a week. So going to college now, did you study film or music in school? Or what was your major? Well, at fir- <laughs> okay, so in college, I w- let's see, I kept changing my majors. At one point, I was going to go into, I think, f- at first, I was just doing general education to try and see if maybe one of the classes would pique my interest, and I'd go, okay, I found something that I'm going to climb onto, exactly, mm-hmm. grab onto. Um, and then I started thinking, well, I'm a, I, I'm a big space nerd, so maybe I'll go into <laughs> aerospace engineering. Wow. 
and I, I looked into and signed up to take some of the classes. The physics classes just kicked my oh. kicked me in the head. <laughs> and so that wasn't going to happen. And then I decided to, well, I like computers. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go into computer programming. And I did that for a little while. Um, that was going to be my major and studied Pascal and Fortran. They're, they're computer languages. And then ultimately I realized that I didn't want a job where I was sitting in front of a computer all day, ironically. <laughs> ironically. And then, so then I, uh, I actually stepped away from school for about a year okay. and worked at a construction site. And I was still, I still had a, a job at a drugstore where I was working in re- the receiving. And it was then that I realized that I had to, actually, that's not true. One of the other jobs that I had during that summer was working at a photo, sh- uh, excuse me, a camera store. Mm-hmm. And they had just gotten in this um, Super 8 to VHS transfer bay. Mm-hmm. And that back then, that was kind of unheard of. It just didn't, uh, certainly not at that level. You had to, it was quite expensive and... Uh, you had to send it away to usually this, there are very specific specialty places that would do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this one particular camera shop had their own. And when management went around and asked who wanted to, to work on it, uh, nobody raised their hand. They just either they weren't interested or what. And I said, well, why, why, why not? not? Yeah. So I picked up the manual and I taught myself how to, to run this thing. And it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think that really kind of, that got me thinking about the fact that I could do something technical. Mm -hmm. And because of my music background, I thought, well, maybe music recording. Right. And so I decided to, I I wanted to find something. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to work, you know, work without a college degree. I felt I really needed to do that. Mm -hmm. So did you go back to school? So I went back to school and and studied audio engineering or audio recording. Mm -hmm. Um, with the thought that I was going to become a music producer, mm-hmm. record bands and music and mm-hmm. generate albums and, or CDs or right, right. now MP3s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's how that kind of. And what year was that? Do you remember? That was, well, I graduated college in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point I packed my bags and I'd graduated from San Francisco uh, State University oh, okay. through their broadcast communications department. And so that summer, packed my bags and I moved to LA thinking that that was my best shot at trying to find work because there was so much of it down there. Right. There wasn't much industry up here in the Bay Area. There was some, but I felt like there, there was just a higher concentration in LA. Mm-hmm. That was the place not, to be. Yeah. I didn't have any... I didn't know anybody in the industries, in any of the industries. And so I just felt if I was going to do this, that was the only way to, that was my, my best shot was down in LA. Mm-hmm, to go for it. Yeah. So yeah. what happened when you got down to LA? Uh, okay. So first I looked around, I, sp- I generated my resume and I, sp- I handed it out to all the recording studios that I could think of or that I had discovered in, within uh, Mix Magazine. Um, Mix magazine. Mix huh? magazine. Yeah. Um, and you know, s- essentially waited for the phone to ring, but it just didn't. I didn't have any experience, and nobody was. It just wasn't an avenue that wasn't that method was wasn't very effective. 
Um, but I lucked out because one of my college friends who worked with me, she had gotten a job at Skywalker Sound South mm-hmm. uh, as a day receptionist. And she had been told or she'd been informed that they needed somebody to answer the phones at night. Right. And she knew I was, I had just gotten into town and she asked me if I would be, if this was something I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, at least if nothing else, I would get some exposure. Of course, you know? yeah. Uh, so I, that's, that, I did that. I, let's say I answered phones at night, but because rent was so, even then was so nasty as far as expensive, mm-hmm. I had to do, I was doing, during the day I was working, um, Oh, what a, oh, temp agent. I was working through a temp agency during the day. Then on the weekends, at night I was working at Skywalker. And then on the weekends, I worked uh, worked for a catering company. Wow. So doing, um, you know, food service, that kind of thing, just on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Again, this is all to just keep a roof over my head. Right, right. Um, so from there to answering the phones, was there ever a point in time where you kind of saw an opportunity to do some mixing or did you meet anyone? Didn't really meet anybody. We, at some point they offered me a job upstairs to work in the machine room and I did that for a little while, but being low man on the totem pole, there wasn't that much work for me. Um, I had befriended one of the projections there and he, he taught me how to um, project, do screenings. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for, I did that, I, that supplemented my, you know, my, the, after the, the machine room stuff that I, that I did. Right. Um, and so later on, again, that, that job really was pivotal mm-hmm. because I ended up meeting and working for this little post house downstairs. And my first day at that, at that job, um, they needed somebody to, they needed a recordist for their Foley session. Okay. Now, I, I didn't Did you know, know I no? didn't know what Foley was at the time. And being a recordist, I knew that I could align the multi-track and, and sit there and take notes while it was being recorded. So I, I figured I could probably handle that job. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, we sat, I sat in, it was a night session sat in and watched these guys record footsteps for this low budget feature. Uh, I couldn't tell you the name of it, but I just thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever seen. And <laughs> why was it? I just didn't even real. it never even occurred to me. This was something that was necessary. Yeah. That this was a job that, that people, this had. was a job that people had. And I remember thinking a light bulb going off over my head and thinking, wow, I could, I could actually apply all the recording experience, or excuse me, all the uh, education that I received in re- for recording, but apply it to s- recording sound effects versus recording musical yes. instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how that seed was planted. Wow. And I, I just kind of started working off of it from there. Wow. What year was that? Do you remember? That would have been about 92. Okay. So yeah, but so nine, between 92 and 93. Mm-hmm. And then from there, where did you go? So then from there, um, hopefully it wasn't, I don't think it was too long before I got the job um, at Klosky Chupo, which is an animation house down in Hollywood, um, where they were just building a new Foley stage. And one of the guys I had worked at, at that one house, that small post house, he had gotten a job there. Mm-hmm. And so he, 
he uh, asked me if I'd be interested in helping him wire the this, this new Foley stage. And while I was there wiring it, the head of the depart the sound department came by and we were talking and we got along and and he offered me the the position of being the Foley supervisor on the last season of Rugrats. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I was like, I didn't know the show. You didn't know Rugrats? I, I didn't. I wasn't what? I mean at that point I, I barely had a TV. <laughs> I was still I was just out of college. Um and and so I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anything to get, you know, again, it was anything to get me out of that small, uh, low-budget house because, mm-hmm. you know, there were times when we'd get bounce checks, paychecks, and oh, stuff no. like that. Yeah. yeah. There was, yeah. So it was time to move on. It was time to move on. Okay. Very much so. Uh, so, so let's see, I did, worked at Klosky for a couple of years. This was, this would have been, again, about 92, 93. Right. Um. Worked at Klosky for a couple of years, mm-hmm. did uh, the last season of Rugrats, and then did the first season of Ah Real Monsters. Oh yeah, I remember okay. that show too. Um, and we did. There were a couple of other projects that we had done during that time, but those were the two big ones. Uh, let's see. Then after that, how did? Oh, a friend of mine who I had worked at at that first low budget house, the one that bounced checks and stuff. Mm-hmm. He got a job working at Fox as a, an effects editor on features. Wow. And he had heard that they needed a Foley editor on this particular sh- show that they were cutting. Mm-hmm. And so my name was given to the Foley supervisor who called me up and asked me if I'd be willing to do cut Foley on this feature. Mm-hmm. And up to that point, I really hadn't done a whole lot of live action stuff, Foley-wise. It had been mostly just animation. Right. Um, but again, I was ready to move on. I didn't want to stick at the Klosky place. So I said, sure, I'll figure it out. And was it very different from doing it? It was, it was, there were, it was twofold. I was working on an editing system I'd never worked on before. So I had to learn that, Mm -hmm. which wasn't that, I mean, they're all kind of the same. It's just, you know, different button or key combinations do different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but the if you distill it down, it's they're all still editing material, and you can move it, slide it, right, earlier or later. Um, and that job was a night job. Okay. So I would come in because this the this editing system was a digital editing system, and again back then there weren't that many of them, and they were very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they only had a few, even at Fox, you know, 20th Century Fox, big big name. So I was working nights. I'd come in at f- whatever, 7 o'clock, between 6.30 and 7, and leave yeah, whatever that is, nine hours later, supposedly. I'd always stay later, though, because I felt like I had, I was a slow editor because I was just learning and so on and so forth. But I remember specifically one night, it was early in the, that, that, during that time, <laughs> Watch it because I'd never done live action uh, animation fully. I remember late at night the street lights were on, so I could see my shadow on the on the street. And I'm watching my shadow as I walk back and forth, pace back and forth. And I'm going, oh, oh, it's the heel that makes contact first. And so, 
It's like there again. It's so you're a, noticing all these sounds. I'm just well, it's it's just the process, and yeah, it's like trying to figure out how to crack this nut. What is it that I, you know, how is it? How's it done? How's it done? And discovering and so, it. Yeah. But that's the beautiful part of it when you're learning something new. It's the yeah, and it's the only way to do it. You can't. Yeah. You, you know, some things can be taught or t- told, but you, you know, sometimes you have to figure it out yourself. Learning on the job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So from there, what was your next move after you did live action? So from Fox, did uh, did a handful of sh- features there, and then um, again, went, oh, then Fox slowed down, and there was a place, another editing. I had gone to another editing house um, to work on a couple of other features, and then from there went to Paramount, and I was at Paramount for about. 12 years in their sound department. We did, that's where, uh, it was early in my Paramount days that I worked on Titanic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did, I don't know how many, I probably did 60 features while I was there at least. Mm -hmm. At least. Uh, That would have have been from. That you did? Favorite. You know, they're all, they're like children. They're, they're all, <laughs> they're my, all. F- they all have their own little personalities and their own characteristics. Um, some are brattier than others, you know, some are s- just so sweet and, and, you know, great, great recollection. Um, let's see one. I remember lo- really liking a perfect murder for whatever reason. So movies now. So you're at Paramount for 12 years. Was it Paramount for, yeah, for 12. At what point did you meet John, my father, and your, what do you call them if you're the mixer and they're the Foley artist? Do you still call them Foley partners? Is that a dumb question? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they're part of, you know, the fact is that John and I never worked together until just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, we never worked together in that capacity. Right. So, so. Uh, where I was a mixer and he was the Foley artist. So where did you guys meet? So the first show I think I remember meeting John on was one of the Batmans. Um, it would it might have been the one with George Clooney, where George Clooney plays Batman. I remember I, um, the Foley supervisor on that show was Michael Dressel, and we I had been working out at Soundstorm um, on that show, and for whatever reason, Michael and I. Or Michael had invited me to come to the Foley stage with him. We were about to, we were going to go do something. We had to pick something up or something. And so I went with him to the stage and got to meet John for the first time. And uh, I can't remember what stage it was. But anyway, it, anyway. So that was the first time we met, okay. just from a timetable standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have been before 2000, I'm okay. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um. And then after that, when John went to Warner Brothers, there were there'd been a number of shows I'd worked on. Either Warner Brothers that cut on I I cut on in Interstellar, mm-hmm. and gosh, what what other ones that John worked on? Anyway, um, that's a good one, Interstellar. Yeah, I like that one. And so I would go to the stage, and after a while, he and I would get a rapport, and mm-hmm. and you then got to know each other. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speed Racer. I remember I supervised Speed Racer, so John and I, we, were, we worked quite a bit together mm-hmm. on that one. And then at what point did you 
come up here back to you kind of came full circle from the bay area down to la then back to the bay area yeah i mean i remember one i once i finally realized that this was something i wanted to do and making that decision to move from the bay area to to la mm-hmm. realizing that i had that my opportunities were probably better in la than they would be here um not better per se but um there were more of them uh, I remember, I remember, I do remember thinking one of these days I'll, I'll move to LA, get myself established and then I'll come back and, uh, work at the ranch or something. Wow. So you thought that it, at one, I do recall, I'm not lying when I say that I, I thought that, but then during that time, while I was in LA, I remember coming up for a couple of shows. We, well, in fact, when we, when we recorded, or excuse me, we mixed uh, Titanic at the ranch. Um, so when I was the way the the process works you edit the film or you edit in my case they edit the the foley and then you hand that off to the mix stage and then they mix it and then the soundtrack gets created and and then it goes to the theaters and so on so when i'm done with the film in editorial i'm off i'm no longer working on it so my my friend my buddy was the foley supervisor on it so he came to the ranch for the mix and I kind of talked him into inviting me to the ranch to, to see it, too, because I'd always wanted to go. I've never been even while I lived here. I never went. Uh, so that was my first impression of the ranch. And I walked around and it was it was very nice, but it wasn't it didn't grab me the way, I, you know, I just felt I just felt like things were working better for me in L.A. And than that's what you where you had to be in that moment in time. Exactly. Exactly. And it's interesting how it all just works out and comes around for you. And now you're here. And now I'm here. Yeah. Again, I, I would never have during those last couple of years, if you had told me three years ago that this was going to happen while I was in L.A., I would have said you're crazy <laughs> just because just because I was totally content in L.A. I had more work than I than I uh, than I wanted and and you were busy I was which busy. is a good problem yeah, absolutely absolutely no my you know I'm I'm very grateful and and appreciative of the opportunities that I've been given good. I do have a couple questions for you a couple last closing questions mm. the first one would be what is your favorite part about your job my favorite part truly would be is the collaboration the collaboration and then the, the the creative process of looking at something, problem solving, and coming out and creating something that will help that 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 the that helps further the filmmakers mm-hmm. in their quest to generate a, a quality story product, yeah, absolutely. and product. My and being a part of that is mm-hmm. is it, it, again. It's I'm grateful that. That I'm being even, you know, that I I have a seat at the table. My next question would be, let's, so we started off this podcast talking about what you wanted to be when you grew up. Mm. So let's jump in the time machine. If you, right now, knowing what you know about life, could go back and give your 20-something-year-old self advice, what would you say to yourself? That's a great question. I would say... Pay attention to the opportunities as they present themselves during this this quest, during during your walk through life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you sh- you you can be selective, but to an extent. Um, if it smells like if it smells like you're being taken advantage of, um, you got you have to sit back and kind of evaluate whether or not if you if you gain something from it and somebody is taking advantage of you, so long as it's and we're not talking unlawful advantage, we're mm-hmm. talking just not paying you very much or whatever. But if you get something out of it, whether it's contacts or experience, you have to sit back and evaluate whether or not it's worth it. Right. Sometimes, sometimes that free job, there are those who would say that you, you can get two or three paid jobs for every free job early on that you do. Not that I recommend or suggest that anybody not get paid for their, for what they do. Um, but still, you can see what opportunities could benefit you. And if you pass on those opportunities, you might have missed out to get to know someone or learn something. Exactly. The, I, think, I do believe that the business is still driven on networking. And um, people. And people, yeah. Um, the other thing is make yourself, when you're at the job, try to be the, the first person there and the last person to leave. Mm-hmm. I know that's, you know, you've heard that a million times before. But But there's a testament to being a hard worker and making yourself an expert at what you're doing. And you don't have to, yeah, it, and it's really, it's more about make them want to call you back on the next gig that they have. Mm -hmm. Do what you can to get yourself into that category of person. Um, I just think that that's, I think that plays more even than, than skill or talent sometimes. Um, I think they'd rather have somebody they can they can count on and know who, that that if a task comes about that that needs to be done, they can give it to you and it'll get taken care of, mm-hmm. without complaining, without moaning, without it being late. If it's if there's a if there's a timetable involved, may, make sure you meet that timetable. Yeah, you meet your expectations, but with a good attitude. With too. a good attitude, yes, ab- that, absolutely. Again, leave them wanting to bring, call you back again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great advice. That was actually going to be one of my questions: is Do you have any advice for kids? Mm. But that's excellent advice. I just think that that's it. Just helps, you know. I I, I don't I can't speak for. I don't see a lot of millennials come through my door just because we don't, you know, by the time we're at this level, it's just not, sometimes we'll get interns in and most of the time they've been vetted as far as how, what their attitudes are, what their work ethics like Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, But I do think that it's, I think that that's, it's still important. I think that's, if, if you can, if you can do that, if you can make yourself look not valuable per se, Valuable, of course, but like I said, wanting that you're that you're at the top of their list when the time comes to yeah. staff the next project. Mm-hmm. Then They're thinking of your name in their head, it pops in their head. This person's great. They have such a good attitude. They're hardworking. I want to work with them. Exactly. Uh, I think that'll go a long way. Mm-hmm. And that the talent and the 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 talent will come. I I think. Just like anything, what is it they say? 10,000 hours. You can master anything in like 10,000 hours. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the podcast. I really do think that 
everyone hearing your story is just going to be so inspired and you gave such great advice to everybody so thank you so much you're very welcome you're very welcome it was it was fun i had a good time yeah i did too this was a pleasure once again i want to just thank scott for being on the show with us and i want to thank all of you for listening again i do apologize for the crackling in the background we are working to remedy this issue we hope that you're enjoying our podcast if you do be sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment If you have any questions for Scott or Shelly, send them our way. We'll be happy to forward those questions for you. And once again, we'll see you in our next episode.